there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple that like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, we're back on Disney. Ooh, the lolly. Ooh, the lolly. Golly, what a day. Uh, we have moved on to the transitional era of Disney, which is throughout the 70s and 80s. And it's just a lot of Xerox and scratchy lines. And uh, this is seen as kind of a, a low point for Disney animation. A lot of eh movies. I would say what we're about to review is one of the better movies that came out of the transitional era. Of course, I'm speaking of Robin Hood, released in 1973. I used to go to the medieval fair every year with my family watched almost every Robin Hood movie that is at all mainstream except two. There's a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, I just I enjoy the character of Robin Hood, Maid Marian, Will Scarlet, Little John, Friar Tuck. They're, they're fun characters. Indeed, indeed. And uh, this movie, I would think, is no exception. I think the only major difference is that they're all aminals because Disney, cute... If you organized all like the Disney animal talking movies mm-hmm. in a line, like who can we connect everybody? Like, oh, for sure. I mean, there's like, a different cute slash hot animal for every generation. There's if you think about just this movie, for example, with foxes, because Robin Hood is a fox in this movie. You can go back even further to Todd from uh, Fox and the Hound, which when he was a kid, you know, he was very cute, but then there's an adult Todd in that movie, and, you know, you could you could say that's part of the whole web of foxdom that's Disney, and then we have Robin Hood in, this, in the 70s, and then we have Nick from Zootopia for our, you know, future furries for future generations. I, I just want to, <laughs> like, is there a Disney web of, like, Pepe Maybe. Sylvia, where they're all sure, technically yeah. related. <laughs> it's like, all connected. Like Little John and Baloo are, are related to each other. Maybe, yeah. Well, Little John and Baloo are essentially the same design and voiced by the same person. So that would definitely make sense. But yeah, I remember always looking fondly on this movie. I always dug the music, which uh, a lot of it was done by Roger Miller who was a big honky-tonk singer in the 60s. And um, also, just like the wit of it with Robin Hood I feel like there's a specific kind of wit just in in all of the iterations that that I know of like I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights with Carrie Elwes as Robin Hood that's a more like I guess a uh, comedic adaptation but last night actually after we rewatched the Disney version I actually watched for the first time the Errol Flynn Robin Hood film from the 30s and um yeah it gave off the very same vibe with like basically my assessment is if you can do a really good crisp <laughs> kind of laugh then you can play Robin Hood <laughs> well okay this is how, this is how I think Robin Hood through the ages has gone like you had the Errol Flynn you have this one I think Robin Hood started very much more of a comedic kind of character like he was, he was meant to be funny, lighthearted, quippy, yeah, quippy, like what our superheroes became today. And similar to Batman in more modern versions, 
it's gone serious. Yeah, like it started with Prince of Thieves, which is on my list for you. Ah, yes, the Kevin Costner picture, which we all know how I feel about Kevin Costner. Yes, exactly. Eh. <laughs> and then, of course, then we got even more serious with Taron's one, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe one in 2010, yeah. So it's just like, okay, we've done a lot with this character. It's kind of like... Peter Pan or like some of these other Disney characters that are so ingrained in our society that when we decide, oh, let's try and make another movie of them, what else can we do? Right. So instead of making them fun, goofy, and like the hero of our story, now they're serious, dramatic, and Superman must kill people by snapping their necks something like that right right well there's a couple of dramatic moments in this movie despite the fact that it's a disney movie you know we we get some uh highfalutin adventure even a disney death where uh you know we think the character's dead and everyone's crying and sad and then voila he's alive because miracle well you know what <laughs> I, we'll get to it when we get to that point but robin did that to himself all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But way to blame the hero for, <laughs> for everything, Scott. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. This is the last Disney film that all of the nine old men would live to see completed. Uh, several of them were still working as animators after this. Was Wooly there? Wooly was there. Wooly directed this movie. Ah, oh, Wooly. So he is one of the nine old men. He directed Jungle Book, which we talked about last time we did a Disney movie. And then once Wooly left, Flip took over, right? Yes, Flip Cobbler from our infamous Beauty and the Beast and the Enchanted Christmas episode. Flip, where'd you go, buddy? We miss you. But uh, this film was written by seven male writers, all of whom have worked on other Disney movies in the past. It was nominated for one Oscar for original song for arguably the least fun song out of all of them, but we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, there's at least two songs that are... Better than that song in this movie. Yeah. But it, it lost original song to The Way We Were, which is a classic Babs and Robert Redford movie that my mom has seen several times, I'm sure. And she's told me I have to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. I'm sorry, mom. I'm not ready to cry. Another thing I wanted to mention, too, is like, thankfully, we didn't get any preliminary messages like something may be offensive in this movie. Be a warned. And we we're like, oh, thank God we didn't get that this time. And also, uh, happily, we saw that they actually acknowledged the fact that the voice actors exist in this movie. I think we have moved beyond the phase of like, fuck voice actors. They're not real people. Well, again, <laughs> if we go if you go back and listen to our Pinocchio review where we talk about how actively Walt Disney made it seem like he hated actors. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he was like a little jelly of them. Maybe. But yeah, they had like a almost like a 70s 80s sitcom type opening credit sequence in Robin Hood where they introduce every character and like who plays them and they have a little song over it and it's it's like cute. Yeah, it also kind of gets copied and done later in the movie oh well that's the the, the xeroxing in this movie is like insane like they not only xerox from other movies one sequence in particular is like basically the whole thing is just xeroxing from other disney movies we'll talk about it but also the movie xeroxes itself quite frequently like they will just reuse shots that they used earlier just like in a different location but it's the same exact movements and i don't know it's they were working on the cheap for this movie. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, so you ready to get into the nitty gritty of this Scotty boy? I am ready to shoot my arrow. Oh, all right. So um, we learn that King Richard of England is off somewhere, parts unknown, on some crusade. So he has left the people of England to be governed by his brother, Prince John. Now, I have to admit this is a very clever thing by Disney. Prince John and later King Richard are both lions. Yes. And if you know anything about medieval history, King Richard was known as the Lionheart. Ah. I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's clever. That's, that's, that's actually quite clever. <laughs> yes, but we don't actually meet Prince John yet. We start off by meeting our buddy, the Rooster, and he is played by Roger Miller, and he is our narrator, both in spoken dialogue and in singing dialogue. And we open up the movie where he basically is the framing device, like just telling us the story. But he starts off by singing our first song called Oodle Lolly. And it's my favorite song of the movie because uh, it's basically just introducing us to everything that's going on. It introduces us to Robin Hood and Little John and all that good stuff. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, jumping fences, dodging trees and trying to get away. Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it oodle-lolly, oodle-lolly, golly, what a day. And it's very, very catchy. Although Scott thought the words were something else. Hootenanny. <laughs> he just started singing hootenanny, hootenanny. I'm like, what are you, what? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, oodle-lolly. And he's like, what the fuck does that mean? Hootenanny, at least is a word. Is it? I think so. <laughs> is it in the dictionary? <laughs> oh, now we gotta look this up. One sec. Not Urban Dictionary, like Webster's, Miriam shit. Is it in the dictionary? Hootenanny. No, that's not. That, is what it what Web- website is that? Webster's Dictionary. Merriam Webster's. Hootenanny. Hootenanny, a gathering in which folk singers entertain often with the audience joining in. A hootenanny. <laughs> <laughs> Use it in a sentence, please. Golly gee, that was a great hootenanny last night. <laughs> I got so wasted on moonshine. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Anyway, my point is it's fucking Oodle and it's really catchy and really fun and I love the song. We are introduced to really our main heroes here, Robin Hood and Little John. Now, Robin is voiced by Brian Bedford, who's a British actor, a seven-time Tony-nominated, one-time Tony-winning British actor, ah. and he's very much got the Robin Hood vibe down, I think. Yeah, he does. Again, I don't think the Robin Hood character is a complicated character. Well, I think you have to have a certain savoir faire. Oh, yes. Not you... to allude to another Disney movie, but um, yeah, you have to have a certain je ne sais quoi. Because why should he worry? Why should he care? We're, yeah. we're, we're spoiling what our next Disney review is going to be. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he does a good job at this. Yeah, I feel like everyone as a kid, like, well, I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> I feel like if you're a kid and you, or a, a, a young tween or teen and you watch an animated film and you you know, have a sexual awakening with an animated character. I feel like we've all been there. 
Sometimes they're not human, though, and maybe it's a little more weird, but it's fine. <laughs> well, uh, We don't judge you here at Shoot the Flick. No, but we went through a phase with movies, I think for a long time, especially with animated characters, where we had to, like, sexualize anything that moved, like... Well, <laughs> anything that moved we had well, to sexualize it well lola bunny uh jessica rabbit jessica rabbit well, right well she's not a rabbit well uh, they know but she's a cartoon that has sex she's not a, a real person that's true even in this one with uh mary yeah with marion when she bats, think she's really sexualized when she bats those up when they do the close-up of oh, her oh yeah the eyelashes for sure for sure the eyelashes it's all in the eyelashes <laughs> it's, it's disney after all before we get into more, let me just introduce Little John. He's voiced by Phil Harris, who is essentially a Xerox Baloo. And he also has the same voice actor, as I said, who is also the voice actor of Thomas O'Malley in The Aristocats. He's got a very distinct voice, a very like, hey, man, it, I'm your buddy, pal, kind of voice. It, it's very funny because he stands out like a sore thumb because he's not British. I mean, but... I feel like it, it gives us all like we all want a little John in our life. We all want yeah. that buddy that's like, hey man, I'm here for you no matter what. Rob, Robert, buddy, old pal. Yeah, he had in no way tried to put on a British accent, which is probably for the best. And also, we're about to get to this scene where <laughs> Robin Hood and Little John run into Prince John. They go through a whole bit and a scheme to rob him, and the scheme involves them cross-dressing as female fortune tellers and <laughs> speaking of sexualizing animals we you know we we make specific note at this time of their big boobies particularly little john his big fake boobies and his big booty and <laughs> what's funny about it i noticed immediately robin hood when he dresses up like the fortune teller he puts on like a girly voice like oh hello ah fortune let me tell your fortune and <laughs> little john just like hey let me get your fortune in like just total normal voice doesn't even try to put no, on a female a voice bit. at all yeah so it's funny because right before they go into this scheme robin and little john are like talking about hey are we good guys or bad guys we steal from the rich and give to the poor but like does that make us good or bad rob that's a naughty word. We never rob. We just sort of borrow a bit from those who can afford it. Borrow? <laughs> Boy, are we in debt. It is funny because, yeah, Robin Hood does kind of flirt that line. He is a criminal, technically. Right, but that's what makes him sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie's sexual awakening. <laughs> no, it wasn't no, well, mine. Oh, most of No, no, <laughs> mine was Aladdin, girl. <laughs> I can see that. Prince. No, mine was Phoebus, actually. Not going to lie. Mine was for sure Phoebus from Hunchback. Eh, that makes sense. I too. loved Phoebus. The blonde. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you should be happy that it's the blonde, sir. <laughs> what? I followed that train of thought right to you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, God. It's uh, the blonde with the smart-ass mouth. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Phoebus. Uh, <laughs> Yes, thank the man. Thank Kevin Klein <laughs> for his <laughs> services. Anyway. So we meet Prince John. Yes, Prince John, voiced by Peter Ustinov, who, after the voice actor for Shere Khan, would be the second Oscar-winning actor to voice a Disney character. We also get to meet Prince John's underling. Sir Hiss. Which is basically Ka. Yeah, he's designed from Ka, for sure. 
but he's voiced by Terry Thomas, who was sort of an eccentric 60s British comedian. The guy apparently had a an infamous sort of calling card. He had a, a gap in his teeth, which they carried over into the character of Sir Hiss, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was half expecting the voice actor for Ka to come out of Hiss's mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he also does try to, like, do the eyes at one oh, point. Oh, yeah, he does hypnotism uh, at one point. So they are quickly brought in by these disguises and Robinson and Little John robbed them blind basically. Oh my god, there's one point where Little John screws off the hubcaps of Prince John's carriage with his ass and I was like, oh man after my own heart. <laughs> that thing's got magic powers and like one of the guards, who's a rhino, he looks at Little John, obviously dresses a woman and he's like, ooh baby. <laughs> I was like, this is weird for a kid's movie, but alright. A running gag throughout the movies that Sir Hiss is always telling Prince John like do this or oh i don't think you should trust these people da, 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 da. and prince john's like yeah fuck you sir hiss i am the king now <laughs> and then it turns out hiss is always right so hiss is telling prince john like oh don't trust these women they're they could be bandits and <laughs> prince john just goes female bandits please what next oh and i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> fuck you oh <laughs> uh, we also learn uh Prince John's little quirk here that gets made fun of by, like, every other character in the ah, movie. Ah, yes, yes. Every time his mother gets brought up into a conversation, he starts sucking his thumb. Oh, mommy. It's <laughs> at one point, it's just like, sir, can you please stop doing that? You have a very loud thumb. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. I like, that's the thing I love about this movie. It's like, just the, the wit in there like the just the funny lines like i really they hit they hit right <laughs> oh well yeah but because of this year boxing this movie does feel very scratchy yeah a lot of scratchy lines uh but that was kind of the thing at this point in disney although i feel like this one was more scratchy and scraggly lines than like jungle book or something like that it, it felt like it this movie felt scratchy is the word but you could tell that they were like oh this is on top of something else on mm-hmm. top of something else on top of something else and it, it was kind of simply animated too like there wasn't a lot of detail in a lot of shots you know and obviously animation has improved a lot over the years but it seemed like during this time in disney they sort of plateaued which makes sense because they were kind of in money saving mode in let's try to get a comeback mode and then and then fortunately that didn't come for a little while <laughs> No, it did not. But For another, like, what? This is 73, and Little Mermaid was 89, so... <laughs> yes, but quickly after Robin Hood and Little John rob Prince John blind, we fast forward... To Nottingham. Nottingham, which I kept joking was Notting Hill. The town of Nottingham is getting bled dry with overtaxation. Star Wars? What? No, what? what? <laughs> trade routes? Oh, no, not tra- trade disputes. <laughs> But yeah, here's where we meet uh, one of our sort of main bad guys and one of our main good guys in the situation. So uh, we meet Friar Tuck, who is just resident good guy, just, you know, trying to help the poor and stuff like those religious people try to do. Oh, how annoying. And uh, he's voiced by Andy Devine, but he was apparently supposed to be a pig instead of a badger. But they ultimately decided to change it from a pig because they didn't want to insult 
religious people potentially by making the religious guy a pig. Oh, again, I feel like <laughs> Disney wants to tiptoe that line constantly too. Well, with religious... I mean, you know, I, I get I get why you would want to do that. Well, they did that here. They did that in Hunchback too with Frollo, even though everyone just assumes. What do you mean? He was initially supposed to be like a church person. Oh, yeah, he was supposed to, yeah, I think you're right, he was supposed to be, like, a priest or something. And they were like, no, 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 no. And they're like, no, he's lusting after a gypsy woman. Can we make him, like, a judge or something? Because that's better. <laughs> Let's make him a judge. <laughs> but then they drew him just like he would be, like, right, a Right, like, he had a big hat, and yeah, I forgot about that, you're right. Ugh, anyway. We also meet uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham, voiced by Pat Buttram. And the thing about the Sheriff of Nottingham character... He's either a bumbling idiot, mm. like in this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> or he's the real villain of the story. Like, that's that's the two Sheriff of Nottingham's you usually get. Like, in Prince of Thieves, the Sheriff of Nottingham is the the villain. Oh, okay. Got it. Not Prince John. Yeah. In this one, the Sheriff of Nottingham is the bumbling, oh. Yeah, he's kind of just a tool used by i mean he's a tool in general but he's a tool used by prince john to screw with the townspeople but what's interesting about andy divine and pat buttram they were cast because they are known primarily for being in westerns and apparently in the beginning stages this was going to be a western which kind of sounds cool Like, that would have been new. You know, the only animated Western I know of is Rango, and that's like, eh. Fievel. Oh, Fievel. Yeah, but th- that was the f- that's the second one. Well, you, Nobody likes the second one. I, I enjoyed the second one, but eh. I haven't seen it in years. Eh, the first one slaps. Anyway, we see the sheriff going through the town collecting taxes from the people, including... A dog. I feel like we should talk about this dog <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> there, there are a lot of side characters in the movie, some of whom are pointless, some of whom are just entertaining. And one of our entertaining side characters was this fucking dog with a broken leg. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we feel like he's had a broken leg since the dawn of time. Well, we like at first we're fine with him. He tries to hide his gold in his cast, and the sheriff smacks his broken foot. Yeah, he's and he's a like dick. howling, like ah, poor baby. Yeah. But later on in the movie, he's at this party with like Robin Hood and the gang, and he's dancing around on that foot, yeah. looking perfectly fine. Just we're dancing like, around on his broken ass leg, and then in like two scenes later, they're in jail, and the dog is like laying on the fucking ground, like he's half dead, being fed soup. Like, he can't move. And it's like, bitch, you were just dancing two scenes ago. What the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> we, kept, we kept going, hey, Paul, um, how long has your leg been broken? Like, six years now? <laughs> like, legit. They also have these kind of useless kid characters in the movie, which we're, we'll talk about right now, because we see the sheriff kind of go into this boy rabbit's birthday party and steal his money. And uh, that's it's it's a dick move, but it leads to all the kids being upset and stuff. But Robin Hood, of course, shows up to save the day, disguised as like this old blind man, and uh, he gifts the little boy with a little Robin Hood hat and bow and arrow, and it's so cute. But uh, essentially, the kid characters are kind of like whatever in this scene. I guess to either pad the runtime or give the little kids someone to identify with. I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of just there and annoying. This is. This scene and the one 
moment later, like that's all they're really kind of there for. Well, they help us introduce Maid Marian yeah. in a little bit because they run into her sort of at her castle. But really the the main importance, I guess, is at the very end during the climax because Robin has to save the kid or whatever and the little boy bunny sees robin's hat floating in the water and he's like he's dead and crying and it's like oh god so they're really just there i guess to add on to certain emotional moments i guess we have one little baby rabbit who carries a even smaller rabbit that's like a doll and she speaks with a, a speech impediment. And <laughs> Scott, every time the little baby bunny spoke, Scott was like, oh, God. <laughs> every time it was just like, oh, we couldn't have found a better like, child. Well, they're kids. They're, they're clearly children clearly in, a, this in one's, a booth. This one's clearly related to Wooly somehow. I mean, possibly. Who could he's say? Like, he's like Wooly's niece. Oh, poor Wooly. The next part of this movie, we find out that Prince John is hosting an archery competition. And the prize for this archery competition is a golden arrow and a kiss from Maid Marian. Now, Maid Marian, our girl Maid Marian. Yes. Our damsel in distress. Yes. Is voiced by Monica Evans. And her lady-in-waiting, appropriately named Lady Cluck because she's a hen. Uh, but we love Clucky. Clucky is the shit. Clucky is the unsung hero of Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, she has a whole, like, rugby football scene. It's oh, awesome. my God, it's amazing. We're going to get there. But she is voiced by Carol Shelley, and both Monica Evans and Carol Shelley appeared in another Disney movie, The Aristocats, as ah. the Goose Ladies. They're our Goose Sisters, girl. Ready, everyone? Now think Goose. But uh, when we meet these two ladies, we establish pretty much immediately that Maid Marian and Robin Hood were childhood sweethearts and they were separated at some point for an undetermined amount of time but oh oh how I hope Robin will show up to the archery competition even though he'll have to show up in disguise because he is a fugitive but I hope he shows up and uh sure enough Robin decides to disguise himself as a furry red stork because those are things that exist Yes, uh, honestly, the disguise doesn't look terrible. It's it looks pretty good with the the fake beak. Sure, <laughs> but he quickly goes to Mary and is like, "Hey, I hope I get to win the kiss." Winkity wink, 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 wink. <laughs> and while this is all going on, Prince John is being distracted by Blue. <laughs> A.K.A. Little John, dressed up like some fancy schmancy duke with monocle and tails. <laughs> and while all this is going on, he sends Hiss away, who he's having a whole thing here. Oh, yes. Hiss is like, I feel like something is afoot here. And Prince John's like, fuck you. Go away. <laughs> At one point, Little John is, what is this? I wrote it down because it was funny. At one point, Little John just grabs Hiss by the throat and he's like, get out of here, creepy. Get lost. Be gone, long one. Just the insults on on their own are just top notch. So, yes, there's this archery competition because in every Robin Hood, there has to be archery moments because Robin Hood's one of the famous bowmen of history. Ah, and of course he wins. But Prince John immediately kind of calls him out as Robin Hood. And sentences him to death, even though Maid Marian's crying. He's like, please, I love him. He's like, well, too fucking bad. Okay, he's dying. Bye. And then you see Little John behind 
the curtain behind uh, Prince John. He's like holding a knife to his back. He's like, let him fucking go, you bastard. <laughs> and this leads to chaos. Yeah, a fight breaks out because the sheriff catches little John. So just a big fucking brawl ensues. And uh, <laughs> in the midst of the brawl, you know, Robin Hood's kind of dragging Marion along because she is damsel in distress and he proposes to her in the middle of the melee and it's kind of cute and romantic. And she, of course, makes the joke, you could have chosen a better time to do this. Yeah. And then he, at one point, he's like, oh, we'll have children. And she's like, oh, we'll have 12 children. And he's like, 12 fucking children? Jesus Christ. Well, they're, they're foxes. I guess foxes perhaps fuck like rabbits. Well, I think they have... I, think, I don't know. I think they have litters. Ah, I see. So I, I see, think they're like dogs more. Right. That that would make sense. And then, yeah, we get Clucky here, who is just like the fucking baddest ass bitch in this movie. Well, yeah, because she just beats fucking for, grown men's ass. Well, because for some reason, Prince John goes, kill the hen. And she then goes fucking nuts, knocking people sideways and shit. Oh, yeah, it's great. They literally have a, a football moment where she kind of barrels through all these guards and stuff. And Robin Hood and Little John, along with Marion and Clucky, managed to escape. And we get two more songs after our escape from Prince John back to back. We get our Oscar-nominated song called Love, which is, I can only imagine what this song is about. <laughs> Is it about love? <gasps> Why, yes, Scotty, it is. Oh, my God. We just see Robin Hood and Maid Marian together giving each other googly eyes uh. and having like a, a de facto marriage in the forest with some waterfalls and shit. It's very sweet. I don't know. I feel like with Disney movies, a lot of romantic moments happen to take place in front of a waterfall. Uh, very can you feel the love tonight? But uh, yeah. Well, and then we get... Phony King of England. Yeah, this is this song is actually quite fun. This song is fun. This one was written by Johnny Mercer. The songs that the Roosters sing are written by Roger Miller, but Phony King of England was written by Johnny Mercer, who is a four-time Oscar winner for songwriting. He wrote, most infamously, I would say, the song Moon River for uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. But what really makes Phony King of England so interesting as a number in this movie is that it is pretty much all Xeroxed yeah. from other Disney movies. Every moment from it, except for like a handful, is just straight from like either Jungle Book, mm -hmm. Aristocats, Aristocats, or Snow White. Or Snow White. It's really just like the three major dance sequences in prior Disney movies. I Want to Be Like You from Jungle Book. Yeah. Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Yes. From Mercy Cats and the dancing scene with Snow White and the dwarves in Snow White. And it's just all of that. Between Baloo and the chicken. Yes. The chicken is King Louie and Baloo is Baloo. <laughs> but it's still like a fun song where they just shit on Prince John for like what seems like 20 minutes. Too late to be known as John the First. He's sure to be known as John the Worst. A pot song that phony king of the And it's, it's fun. They're all just dancing around, having a great time. And then at the end of it, fucking the Sheriff of Nottingham and Hiss are singing it in the castle. I'm like, well, how did you guys hear this song? And apparently the, it's taken over the whole town. But, like, why would you sing it when Prince John... He's, like, in the vicinity. Like... <laughs> like, he's in the building, guys. He, I, think he, I feel like he would have killed you for less. 
probably. Well, he throws like a big jug of wine at him, <laughs> which the the wine in this movie is like magenta colored. I've never seen <laughs> pinkish purple wine in my life. Well, I just assumed it was grape juice. No, this. Listen here, sir. Wine is grape juice, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, even... No, whoa, it's fucking whoa, wine. Whoa. He belligerently and drunkenly, <laughs> Prince John, throws a jug of wine at the sheriff and whoa. is like, tax the more, tax the money! <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion! So this leads to sadness because he's taxing everybody, running them out of town, and if they can't pay their taxes, they go straight to jail. Yeah, do not collect $200. Just go straight to jail, little bunny wabbit. They put all the baby bunnies in jail. Like, what? Are you, why? They can't pay their taxes, Frankie. Their children. They can't pay their taxes. Throw the bunnies in jail. Oh, my God. Anyway, and yeah. And the raccoons the, and like, the rooster. Yes, literally the entire town pretty much is in jail. Because we cut to the friar and he's having church service and there's nobody there. <laughs> well, I think the rooster has a great... Because I, I like this little ditty he has here about yes. like... Not in Nottingham is the title of the song. And it's like... It's sad. It's sad, but it's actually pretty good. That's the thing about this movie. A lot of the song, not the Oscar nominated song, but a lot of the songs are catchy. They're little earworms. Every town has its ups and downs. Some towns ups outnumber the downs, but not in Nottingham. We have like a really sweet moment here where there's a, a priest mouse that lives in the church with the friar, along with a lady mouse, who is either the priest mouse's mom or wife. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, <laughs> he calls her mother, but I feel like that old timey, they sometimes called their wife mother. I don't know. It's, it's fine. Anyway... <laughs> It's like when adults try to get their kids to call, like, yes. like, oh, that's mom and I'm dad. Right. Even though their kids are probably grown and aged out now, it's still a habit where he's like, oh, mom, dad. Right, yes. So the lady mouse gives the friar her last little shilling to put in the poor box in the church because it's empty and woe is us. Woe is Nottingham. Please take my last little coin for the poor box and the the guy mouse the priest is like oh we were saving it for a rainy day and the friar looks out the window oh well it's raining now <laughs> things can't oh. get much worse yeah and he literally says oh things can't get much worse and then the sheriff walks in <laughs> why hello <laughs> time to collect mo- now give me your money <laughs> now, now let's talk about Religion doesn't get taxed. <laughs> no. Why are they going to the church for money? Like, no, that's not a thing. And then, yeah, he takes the last coin, and that is the straw that broke the badger's back because the friar goes out there. <laughs> Honey badger don't give a shit. And beat the shit out of the sheriff <laughs> with a stick. <laughs> Honey badger don't care. Honey, Honey badger, badger don't, don't, don't give no fucks. <laughs> He's actually holding his own against the sheriff until the vultures come and assist the sheriff. Oh, yeah, these fucking vultures. Not the vultures from Jungle Book. No, the grosser ones. <laughs> they honestly, these vultures remind me of the Looney Tunes vulture. One of them's name is Nutsy. Okay, yeah. that's that's where we're at. 
we got Nutsy <laughs> with these vultures. We got Nutsy, who's an idiot, and Trigger, who is Trigger happy. Yeah, hence the name Trigger. But they arrest the friar. Yes, and Prince John decides he's going to put the friar on death row in order to bring Robin Hood out into the open because he he knows that Robin Hood's going to try to rescue him. So that's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah, but he decides to do it at night instead of at the execution. Yeah, so, the night before. And Robin and Little John break in, do a jailbreak. And they're doing everything. And he goes, Little John, okay, you rescue everybody. I'm going to go steal money from Prince John. Oh, boy. This is actually a pretty tense kind of breakout scene. Like, this whole sequence is pretty good. Particularly when Robin Hood goes to the prince's room to get his gold. They kind of drag out the suspense really well. And I enjoyed that. Uh, but Scott's, Scott's mad about that well, whole no, part of the I, movie. No, I'm fine with everything until the last two sacks of money. Right. No, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. He's Robin Hood is a little bit cocky. Oh, a little bit. A lot of bit cocky. <laughs> yeah. He has stolen pretty much everything from this room. Plenty of money. Probably more money than anybody can carry that's in this prison. Right. And he decides... These last two, one which is under Prince John's pillow and the other that is in Prince John's arms. He has to get those two. He has to get those two. And he gets the one under the pillow. Okay, fine. Couldn't just take that as a gift and left. <laughs> like, don't, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, exactly. There could actually be a real-life gift horse in this There movie. could be. You don't know. We don't see any horses. I but then think. he's like, you know what? I'm going to get that last one. And that last one causes Hiss to wake up. Yeah. Hiss to wake up Prince John. Prince John to go, shoot ah, him! God! <laughs> and then a, a fucking melee ensues where everybody's shooting arrows and they're trying to get away. Robin Hood hooks back up with uh, Little John and the others and they're running towards the gate. And what's hilarious too is like, I don't know. When fucking Little John rescues the friar, he also is loud as fuck about it. He's like, oh, thank God you're here, everyone. We're going to, like, shut up. <laughs> this is a jailbreak. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> so we, we didn't plan this out extraordinarily well, I guess. Or maybe we should have uh, put some more attention to certain details, like just, you know, get out of there quietly and without making a fuss. <laughs> yeah, like, we could have got away with enough money to help everybody. And not had Prince John cause a giant fire. Yeah, well, that's essentially what has. So, okay, arrows are flying everywhere. Ah, we're escaping. They get to the gate, and of course, there's this little baby bunny with the speech impediment. <laughs> and she's dragging behind, Mama, Mama. And then Robin Hood goes back and gets her, and the gate closes on them. So he pushes the little kid through the door into little john's arms and robin hood's forced to run off because he's trapped in there so he climbs the castle walls arrows still flying these guys are like fucking stormtroopers these guards they can't shoot shit so <laughs> robin manages to get back into the castle and try to find a way out somehow or at least hide or something and then the sheriff comes in with a big fucking torch and lights the whole goddamn castle on fire. At one point, Robin runs away and the sheriff is just left there. And I thought, I was like, did he just die? Like, did he die? But then you see him at the end. So you're like, oh, okay, he managed to get out of the fucking swarming flames somehow. I don't know how that happened. 
Robin Hood keeps climbing. Yes. And he gets to the roof where the fire is all around him now. So he decides he's going to jump into the water and more arrows fly at him. Ah! And then, of course, you're like, oh, is he dead? His hat floats to the surface. <gasps> Which is funny because that happened in the beginning of the movie. It did. Ah, and an arrow was sticking through it ah, like in the beginning ah, of the movie. Ah, ah. Callback. But yeah, we have little John and little boy bunny there. And they're like crying. They're like, is he dead? And then, uh, you know, we essentially get the Disney death similar to the one that we got in Jungle Book, except Baloo is Bagheera in this scene. Where it's like, oh, little John's like, oh, man, I'm so sad. And then Robin Hood comes up from the surface, like breathing through a straw. <laughs> And instead of, I thought I thought he was going to pull a big ear and be like, you fucking fraud, you piece of shit. But little John was like, oh, buddy, I'm so glad you're okay. Well, it's so funny because at the beginning of the movie, when they first get arrow shot, and little John's just like, dude, we keep getting way too close with this. <laughs> yeah. Like. We are doing too much. But the, of course, Robin's alive. Yes, we get our Disney death. And uh, it's a happy ending, even though Prince John is, like, trying to fucking kill Sir Hiss, because apparently all this is Sir Hiss's fault. Okay. King Richard returns, pardons Robin Hood. And imprisons all the bad guys. Imprisons all the bad guys. And we cut to Robin and Maid Marion getting married. Yay! King Richard makes a joke going, Ha! Now I have an outlaw for an in-law! Ha <laughs> 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 Oh, God. Uh, and that's the end! Oh, but the, well, not only is that the end, but then the little bunny rabbit boy who idolizes Robin Hood. Oh, yeah! Sneaks on to... <laughs> the carriage. The carriage. Because little John's driving the carriage with... Robin and Marion off to I assume their honeymoon and the little boy bunny just follows along with them and it's like uh are you sure your mother's okay with this yeah uh, the mother's like he was such a burden like please just I, take have, him. I have 27 kids like please just get him out of here just take him he's <sighs> seven he's grown he can get the fuck out and get his own place he, he, no, he already pays taxes <laughs> but that is Robin Hood and uh it's fun it's a very short, sweet, fun adventure film. Yes, it's obviousness in its kind of cutting corners financially in the animation department, but I think it makes up for it in its charm and its wit. And um, it's, yeah, it's just a simple, fun tale, which I really enjoyed. I agree. Again, it's one of those movies that honestly overall is probably pretty harmless. Yeah, I would say it's harmless. Uh, it does nothing spectacular, but it doesn't do anything bad. Yes, I would say that's accurate. So it, it, it's a good general movie. It's a good, fun little little romp. By no means is it the best Robin Hood tale, but by no means is it the worst. No. I mean, I hear that the Taron Edgerton one with Jamie Foxx is really a piece <laughs> of work. It... But, which the, bums me out because I like Jamie Foxx and Taron Edgerton. The thing but like, is, eh. they tried to like... Did you watch that? Yes, I have. Oh, no. <laughs> the thing about Taron's and Jamie, it came out at a time where we were doing like these weird like steampunky medieval kind of movies. Is it steampunk? It's, that movie? It, it's got like a steampunky medieval aesthetic. It's kind of oh, like dear. Peter. It's kind of like Peter Pan in a way. Like Pan. 
Oh, like the shitty pan movie. Got, okay, got so it kind of came out similar times, and it kind of feels like those two movies are go hand in hand. Yeah, very much more related than they should be. Got it. Okay, but it well, also I never watched it. But it also feels a little like they were trying to be Jarhead too. Interesting. Oh, like a war movie? You mean? Yeah, because they do bring up the Crusades. Oh, okay, got it. And Robin Hood was like a fighter in the crusades all right that's a lot there's a lot going on in there yeah it, it it's it's a lot that movie this is not a lot no this is very sweet and simple and cute kind of similarly to the errol flynn one or even the mel brooks one men in tights it's a, it's a simple fun little jaunt through the woods indeed uh and i i really enjoyed it so what what did you give this movie scott what do you have this raid um so i have Personally, it's probably a 3.75, but because it's just a fun, goofy movie, I kind of rounded it up to a four. All right. That's fine. You're allowed to feel however you feel, babe. Uh, I actually, before rewatching it, I had it rated at a three, probably because I hadn't seen it for a while, but after rewatching it, I bumped it up to a three and a half. I had uh, a lot of fun with it, and uh, it's not the, the best Disney movie. It's not even the best transitional era Disney movie, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. But, um, yeah, I, I had fun with it, and I'm glad I rewatched it. I would watch it again, just, you know, for funsies on a, a lazy Sunday, perhaps. Indeed. So, next week is our Mother's Day episode. Ah! Yay! My beautiful, wonderful mother will be joining us for our Mother's Day episode. Um, it, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. No. Not even close. Nope. <laughs> It's in no way, shape, or form a Mother's Day movie. Nope. <laughs> but we're going to have fun anyway. Indeed. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. <laughs> but until then, this has been Shoot the Flick. I am made Frankie Sparks. And I am Sir Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our lovey-dovey, maternalist fuck movie adventure. We're men. We're men in tights. Tight oh, no. Tights. Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day.